1: I'm Rob Black, talking money invested in more, <clears throat> <clears throat> joining me now, wow, <clears throat> it's that wintry time of year in my throat, huh? Patrick O'Hare, com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hi Rob,
2: I know the feeling, I was clearing my throat just before it came on, so good to be with you again.
1: You did it before you went on, I did it while I was on. You're the professional, and I have much to learn. Um, <laughs> Let's talk markets. The last ten days have taken me a little bit by surprise by the velocity and speed of the drop in oil didn't I knew it could happen, but I didn't think it could happen this fast. Uh, what are you seeing in the markets? Let's talk
2: yeah i I think uh you're not alone. I think it's taken basically everybody by surprise. You know I don't recall anyone certainly at the start of the year um you know, forecasting oil prices where they are now by the end of the year. Um, and I think, you know, as you take a step back and you look at what has unfolded in the energy market, um, just wonder really to equity investors of how quickly things can unravel when there's a lot of leverage built up in the system. And it's, uh, you know, the stock market, all things considered, has held up, you know, relatively well um, Back from its all-time highs here, down about four percent or so. Um, but all things considered, that's you know that's not a, a major move, um, given how far we've come off the mid-October lows, and certainly how far we've come off of the 2009 lows. But in any event, I think it's something that equity investors certainly need to take note of, and you know may want to be a little bit more uh, conscientious about having some more defensive-minded positioning within their their portfolios. Um, and uh because things can unravel quickly when when emotions take over and when you start hearing a lot of rumors and speculation about margin calls and forced liquidation and the like, uh, that can you know certainly transfer over to the stock market at any given point uh, if a loss of confidence uh, arises uh, and you 're seeing really a clear loss of confidence right now in the energy markets. As everyone tries to figure out this whole supply-demand imbalance and, and what's going on with global economies around the world,
1: I don't get a lot of data on margin calls. Are you seeing data that says uh, you know margins at peak highs and have started been, you know cashed in per se by the brokers?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I haven't seen that. You know, and quite honestly, I haven't looked uh, at the NYSE margin debt level uh, recently. Um, you know, several months ago, it was, you know, sitting there near uh, record levels, I believe. And so it did expose the potential for, you know, some quick unwinding in the event something went bad uh, for the stock market. So something to, to look further into, certainly. And, and it was also, you know, it was, a, it was a symptom of what we saw in 2008, and 2009, when things were melting down. Um, what you saw as well in, you know, 2000, 2001, when the tech sector, you know, collapsed um, I don't want to suggest that you know we are on the cusp of something like that. I'm just pointing out that it's something that people need to be respectful of. That you know there is risk in the market, notwithstanding what has been just pretty much a uh, almost a, a steady run higher, and where every you know, pullback has been viewed as a buying opportunity. Um, you cannot forget the element of risk involved in investing. And uh, high levels of complacency will come back to bite you uh, at any given time. So just, you know, um, uh, pay attention, is, is what we're saying, because there's some interesting cross currents going on right now um, that just don't make sense when you pit them against all of the talking heads that are expounding on the idea that, you know, the U.S. economy is about ready to hit escape velocity and that, you know, the, it will pull up. The rest of the world, Um, you know, when I take a look at that, I'm referencing, you know, uh, widening and high-yield spreads, you've got a flattening yield curve here in the United States, you have two of the world's most uh, widely used industrial commodities in the form of oil and copper, both slumping badly, Um, and then you have uh, the defensive-minded utility sector standing out as your your best-performing sector. uh in During this tumultuous period, so it's really it's a really interesting time um and it doesn't uh necessarily those factors don't necessarily imply that market participants anyway are uh kind of putting their money where their mouths are <laughs> for the most part. I mean, I think people are starting to look at things a little bit more carefully and are worried about um you know loss of capital here. And so that's contributed to some of the selling we've seen. I think you've got some capital preservation efforts uh, under underway now, uh, as you know, money managers want to protect the, the precious gains that they've been able to achieve this year.
1: How about the angle? And maybe I'm pushing this a little too easily. Um, the ten-year treasury, we've seen it kind of go down before to two percent, and then come back. Oil should come back again with a longer time frame in the conversation. Putin, doesn't he have to cave at some point in time or does this, don't we have some scenarios here, Mr. O'Hare that should open themselves up to being quick fixes or not quick fixes, but relatively easy fixes. And
2: you're referencing in terms of like the, the, the 10 year basically needing to reverse here kind of yeah. with those, with those fixes essentially lead to losses in the treasury market. Um, You know, potentially, but I think it just demonstrates uh, again, given all that we've seen the the Fed and uh, throw at the market, um, and uh, you know all the talk about being able to avoid worst case scenarios. I see it, you know, potentially as kind of a Mm -hmm. symptom, really, of a post traumatic stress situation. I don't think. you know the market market participants and investors certainly have gotten over what happened in 2008 when they saw you know investment portfolios get cut in half um not long after they saw a serious hit in the early you know 2000s and i think you have that enduring um, flight to safety a conservative positioning if you will that you know people are still mindful that they they'd rather uh you know the, the return of their capital uh, is still more important for a lot of people than you know return on that capital and when you uh... have to digest daily you know all of these scary sounding headlines about what's you know going on around the world on the geopolitical front uh, what we're hearing about the slowdown taking place in china what you're hearing certainly about the the drop in commodities um, you know, it, it creates that situation where you just don't want to take on a lot of risk, and so you you get that money gravitating toward the safety of treasuries. And for uh, foreign investors, namely European investors, uh, that are looking at uh, even lower yields there. Uh, and have the benefit of a weaker currency. There's some attractiveness in, you know, moving into the U.S. Treasury market as well, and that continues to to keep pressure on on uh, interest rates. And so, um, you know, we've said for many years now, and just generally speaking, that um, uh, that there's a lot of uh, built-up risk within the Treasury market because prices have gone so far uh, during this. Uh, Simultaneous time that you're staring certainly at losses over the longer term if you're, you know, um, not going to hold those maturities to or those securities to maturity. But um, clearly, a lot of people are still comfortable, you know, picking up a two percent yield for ten years, and um, that's disturbing in a way because it doesn't reflect a whole lot of confidence really in the outlook that these central banks are trying to communicate.
1: Anything else that you're working on, Mr. O'Hare? That you want to throw out at us?
2: You know, I'm um, I, like everyone else. I'm waiting anxiously to hear, you know, with the FOMC statement tomorrow. Um, and one thing I would maybe caution your listeners on is that there's a lot of debate right now about whether the Fed's going to remove that considerable time language. You know, I think the fixation on that considerable time phrase is, is kind of overdone. I mean, we've we've Hearing for some time now that the market's anticipating that the Fed is going to, you know, potentially raise interest rates in 2015. And but you got to remember, every Fed official, the leading Fed officials certainly have always come back to say that the Fed is data dependent, and that's true whether that considerable time period language is in there or not. Um, if the data deteriorates, the Fed. going to do anything. You know, they may do more. Uh, If it continues to improve, they have said that they might raise rates, you know, sooner or faster than than anticipated. And so watch the data and, and, you know, ignore the considerable time language. If it's in there, the market's probably going to like it. If it's not, you might see a little short-term disruption. But at the end of the day, it's the data that's going to dictate policy
1: decisions. (laughs) Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hara with briefing.com. Happy holidays and uh, everyone should check out their website. Uh, Considerable amount, voluminous amounts of data there, published fresh, created fresh every single day. Um, Solid information on the US, on domestic, on international markets. Mr. O'Hare is the chief market analyst and he writes up what's called page one. He also gives some big picture perspective to the market. Um, There's story stocks, there's, you know, ahead of the curve, you know, finding stories before they happen, per se, looking at the data, um, obviously the economy, the economists as well. Um, There's just plenty of information to sit there and digest and consume, per se. So you can check that out at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Cautious sentiment in the foreign exchange market with the yen climbing against major currencies today. Crude oil has remained pressured. Which is again, no one would see, but it's happening, and that's it's fine. We'll deal with it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com.